Hello, and welcome to another installment of Conversations at the Washington Library, a podcast about early American history and the people who teach it. In this episode, Dr. Douglas Bradburn sits down with Captain Glenn Jameson, Captain Daryl D. Cardone, and Command Master Chief Maurice Coffey of the USS George Washington on location at the aircraft carrier. As a friendly reminder, there's still time to register for the upcoming Lunch and Fellowship program featuring Mark Boonshoft, who will discuss his research topic titled Education and the Fight Over Who Should Rule at Home in the Early Republic on Thursday, June 27. More information about the event can be found on the webpage for this podcast at www.mountvernon.org podcast. As always, please be sure to rate and subscribe to the series so that you do not miss an episode. Well, welcome everyone. I'm Doug Bradburn, President and CEO of George Washington's Mount Vernon, and I'm delighted to say I'm here on the USS George Washington. And I have three very special guests with me. Uh, first off, I got Captain Glenn Jameson. Captain. And then I got Thank Captain Daryl Cardone. How are you? Very good to see you. Command Master Chief Maurice Coffey. How are you doing today? Welcome to the Mount Vernon Podcast. Uh, this has been an extraordinary day. We've had a chance to tour the ship, and uh, we're delighted to be here with the leaders of this extraordinary crew of the USS George Washington. Uh, tell us a little bit, uh, Captain, about the uh, history and capabilities of the warship. Uh, so it's one of the most advanced capital warships in the world. Hmm. All right, uh, right now we're in a refueling complex overhaul. Um, a little bit of history here. I won't bore you with all of it, um, but she was christened the day I came in the Navy. Mm. Is that right? That's right. And then she was commissioned the day I finished flight school. Oh, my goodness. Two very important moments. Yes. Um, and one of the things I often ask uh, my sailors that are coming in is, who was born before the year 1990? <laughs> And I don't get a whole lot of hands. These are young sailors. Mm. Uh, but she has been in service for 25 years. Um, we are spending 48 and a half months re-outfitting her, refueling her, and then she's going to be out. And then this is the next question I ask my sailors. Who plans on being in the Navy in the year 2047? <laughs> Yeah, not a whole lot of hands there. <laughs> um, but that's what we're doing here right now. Uh, capabilities of the ship, uh, again, we have a very strong augment of aircraft that uh, span the spectrum of capabilities. Uh, we fly them on, and then we go out and we deploy. So a lot of capability with this ship. And when she comes out of uh, this RCOH, Refueling Complex Overhaul, she'll be the most advanced capital warship in the world. Uh, it's very exciting to be here. But, uh, Captain Cardone, what would you add to that in terms of the, the ship? You've been on aircraft carriers of different kinds throughout your career. An aircraft carrier is, is truly like a floating city. We've got two power plants aboard, we have an airport, we have a hospital, we have a post office, mm. a Starbucks and our own zip code. <laughs> so, uh, Does Starbucks have an exclusive contract with the Navy? Well, <laughs> it's a little hard sometimes to dog a hatch when you have a latte. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's great. But it's... And Command Master Chief, what about yourself? Uh, well, this is my second tour on board the GW. I was here as a squadron CMC for VAW 115 uh, back in 2010. 
And what I will tell sailors right now as we're going through this RCOH period, get out and explore. Mm-hmm. You know, have a flashlight with you. Let, let somebody in your shop know where you, where you think you hit it. <laughs> Remember where the flight deck is, the hangar bay, and the mess decks. Mm-hmm. You can never go along and you won't get lost. But uh, being a part of this right now, this is, this is truly history. Uh, so I look forward to the day that we turn it back over to the Navy as a full up round and uh, going forward from there just to see the things that you can do. Well, it's a complete pleasure for me to be back here, and I appreciated the tour I got because I worked on this ship as a college student in my summer job here. My father worked at the shipyard for many years, and uh, yeah, it just brought back so many memories seeing all the folks in the yard and the Navy here working on the ship. It's, so, it's such difficult work. I mean, how do you keep the crew motivated uh, at a time when a lot of them, you know, wanted to join the Navy so they could explore the world? They want to be out at sea. What, what is the story you tell them to keep them motivated on the mission here? So a couple things I talk to them about, and then we've got some uh, procedures in place. Number one, we've got young sailors coming in mm-hmm. to our ship. Uh, and so we cycle them out onto other ships to get some in-rate, hands-on mm-hmm. experience. But we also have to balance the production that we're doing here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I always talk to them about the fact that they are plank owners mm-hmm. for the second half of their ship's life. Mm-hmm. And so that's what we spend a lot of time talking about. And it's meaningful work, absolutely. Yeah, we, we connect back often to the, the idea that there's been an unbroken line of people who raise their right hand to go hard places and do, do hard things. And our sailors aboard here are... are no exception in that regard, and uh, yeah, it's, a, it's an honor to watch them bring the ship back to life every day. Fantastic. And while I will tell most that uh, being out of sea is much easier than being in the shipyard, mm-hmm. our, our true focus is sailor first, so as that sailor, our job right now is to get the ship ready, ready and back into the fight. Mm-hmm. And so um, that's my message I give them, uh, top, top to bottom. You know, let's get the ship back out and show them what we can do. Well, so one of the reasons we're here today, of course, is the, the namesake of this ship, uh, George Washington. It's very important to our mission in Mount Vernon. How does the, the name of the, the ship associate with the crew uh, as you, you know, as they get uh, stationed here and then as you live here? Uh, it certainly resonates with them. When you talk about General George Washington and then our first president, George Washington, uh, that definitely resonates. And that's something that we talk about uh, across the crew daily. Um, I am going to read this quote because it's one of my favorite quotes. Right. Which is, it follows then as certain that as night succeeds the day, that without a decisive naval force, we can do nothing definitive. Mm. And with it, everything honorable and glorious. Mm. Um, I have read that quote to our sailors several times. Um some of them are younger, so it doesn't resonate quite yet, mm. but then they start getting it. So, Yeah, Washington was a, a fan of the Navy and the father of the American Navy. It's very fitting. That's a Absolutely. Great, great quote. But what about the, some of the uh, spaces you showed me on the tour included a museum. How, does the, how is the museum used in the, in the course of the, um, you know, the, the ship's life? Is it used in diplomacy? Is it there for education of the crew? I mean, how do you see the museum playing a role? It has, it has a few. Um, whenever we have a distinguished visitor come aboard, in addition to coming through the the captain's import cabin, uh, which we typically use as a greeting space to 
let folks cool off from their arrested landing they just took on the flight deck to come down and uh, learn a little bit about the, the ship, its capabilities, and about the crew itself. And the museum provides us an opportunity, uh, while certainly not on the, the level or, or the scale of Mount Vernon, for them to get a glimpse into uh, not just the things that the general had done throughout his life that most folks may not know about, um, but it's also a great way to for us to keep a connection with you all back in Mount Vernon. Yeah, but but I, I mean, I think you, you, you're very humble in the idea that you're not on the scale that we teach people. People come to us, but you all are going all over the world, and I think that's extraordinary. I mean, as a you know, it's a ship of diplomacy and peace. It's a ship that uh, brings people together around the world, and and to have the the story of George Washington there, I think, is is really crucial. Uh, one of the gifts I brought to the crew today was the key, copy of the Key to the Bastille, which, of course, is at George Washington's Mount Vernon. He received it from the Marquis de Lafayette, and it's been in the Central Passageway since 1797. And when Lafayette sent it to George Washington, he said, from my aide-de-camp to my general, from my adopted son to my adopted father, uh, from the patriarch, or from the missionary of liberty to, the, to its patriarch, I present to you the key to the Temple of Despotism. And the key we presented the crew is made out of steel from the USS George Washington. And I very much hope that key will become part of the stories you tell when, you, when you're in Japan and when you're in the Pacific and wherever to connect the world to the kind of great story of democracy. Well, we certainly had a lot of sailors out there today that heard that message from you and truly appreciate that. Uh, and when you talk about it, we're a warship, but we're also a ship for diplomacy. Mm-hmm. And every VIP that comes on board the ship will come through that museum. Mm. And they'll be able to see the history of General George Washington. That's, that's, that's fantastic. And I also brought a commander-in-chief flag that had flown at the tomb of George Washington. And I'm delighted to see on all three of you this new patch that you have. Tell me a little bit about, about what that is. Well, uh... Seems you got this. In March of this year, the CNO came out with a message saying that, hey, every command can design their own mm. command patch to replace the don't tread on me patch. Uh, so we mm. we threw it out there to the crew, right? Good, great ideas come from those on the deck plate. Yeah. Uh, threw it out to the crew. Uh, one of our chiefs spoke up, and, you know, he studies flags and everything. And his idea was we should use you know, General Washington standard. Amazing. Uh, we took that to our media department, and uh, one of our young MC3s, MC3 uh, Vujovic, she took that and she ran with it, and, you know, she mm. put the... Uh, first in war, first in peace on there. We couldn't put the whole saying on there because it would be too much. That's in your heart. Yes, sir. Uh, we use it just as such, right? That's one of the spills I use at NDOC when I talk to the new crew. Great. Uh, but, you know, it is such an honor. You know, you think about where you came from uh, and, you know, history just re- repeats itself over and over again. Mm. So to be able to have, um, you know, his standard that was flown at his tomb mm. as part of this ship and be able to take it around the world here mm. in the future once we deploy again, um, you know, that's a, that's a powerful message in itself. Yeah. And so we do thank you for uh, providing us that. That's a brilliant idea. 
you all want to add to the patch story? I mean, it's well, really cool. No, I would just say, you know, after having unveiled it two hours ago, you can mm. see in the short walk we did back from mm. from uh, the caisson where we took our photo back to the trailer here to do the podcast, how many sailors we ran into that had already had gone down and That's picked it up and are wearing it so proudly already. So yeah. It's really great. And the flag isn't known generally I mean, amongst the general American People are really anybody. I mean, the, the, that commander in chief flag, and it's unique with the six sided stars, which you don't see every day. And, but it was there. It was there for eight years of that long war, and it represented the you know perseverance and fidelity. And it's just so great to see you all adopted in this way. And I think it'll be your thing. It's really exciting. There'll be a lot of envious uh, other crews out there. That's what they're very excited about. Is that it's that it's our thing. Mm-hmm. I, will, I will tell you. So on our, we have our command Facebook page, and then GW mm-hmm. has a couple other uh, Facebook pages for some folks that have you know served on here before, whether they were plank owners or not. And they have seen this patch, and they've read the stories yeah. that our media department has um, has written already and published on on Facebook. And probably two, three times a week, I get a, a where can I get the patch from? Where can I get the patch from? Uh, so people that were here before, they want this patch as well. They want they want to have it and, and put it in their keepsakes for the George Washington because it meant so much to them as well. Oh, that's that's great. That's fantastic. I, I'm I'm struck by this story, but it all came from the crew, and this yes. you know obviously it comes from your all's leadership that you want to listen to the crew and and you have such a talented group of people. I mean, it's, you can do it all in house essentially. It's amazing. absolutely. Yeah. You look across, uh, and our crew right now is give or take a couple hundred every given day. 2,800 sailors, mm. and, uh, and some of the best ideas come off the deck plates, mm. Mm. and that's where this one came from. Yeah, well, ideas have to be listened to, though, and that's a testament to y'all's leadership, so that's amazing work. But uh, uh, briefly, could you all, would you mind telling me a little bit about why you chose to serve in the military? I mean, it's a voluntary military in this country. It's one of our great, uh, great things. It em- exemplifies the whole notion that People have to govern themselves, and people have to sacrifice to be able to do that. So, uh, I start with you, Captain. Yeah, we'll start, start with, with the Chief. CMC. Yeah. The CEO has heard my story before. Uh, <laughs> quite simply, I wasn't ready to go to college right out of high school. I said I was going to do five years in the Navy. Uh, my background rate is air traffic control. Mm-hmm. Uh, my brother came in a week after me. He was a corpsman. Mm-hmm. It, it was always said during the first couple of years uh, that we were in the military that he was going to do 20, and I was doing five and getting out. Yeah. And uh, here I am. Next <laughs> month, I hit. 30, uh, <laughs> and he got out at the five. Oh, wow. But I actually absolutely love the name. Uh, congratulations, and thank you so much for your service. That's thank fantastic. You. I come uh, from a military uh, family as well. My, my father served in the Korean War. A number of my uncles had served uh, either from World War II through uh, Vietnam, but going through school, um, that was not in my, my game plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was a long-haired rock and roller in college, uh, majored, in, <laughs> majored in music, and, and uh, I wanted to be the, you know, uh, next next guitar player in Van Halen, yeah. not launching <laughs> off a uh, wow. flying off an aircraft carrier. But I had I had one uncle in particular who was a bosun's mate first class who was very persistent with me mm. and. Uh, you know, eventually I, I saw the light, um, mm. volunteered uh, after college, went through officer candidate school, and mm. it was really, you know, offering me the opportunity to fly that I had no flying experience previously, yeah. and uh, to be able to 
do that from uh, from the deck of an aircraft carrier. And, and like CMC mentioned, I had been stationed on USS George Washington uh, twice before as a member of uh, Carrier Air Wing 17 and Carrier Air Wing 7. Mm. And uh, to be back aboard now and to have the privilege of being the executive officers, uh, you know, it's, it's amazing. Uh, we had a great lunch together. It was wonderful yeah, yeah. to see how excited and connected you are to George Washington's story as well. It's and just amazing. And coming up to Mount Vernon. Right absolutely. And, uh, yeah. Captain? So I came in the Navy to fly. Mm-hmm. All right. I'll be perfectly honest up front. Was it Top Gun? What was it? What was hey, well, was I'm a product of the Top Gun generation. <laughs> yeah, that's great. Okay. That's great. Um, <laughs> and I planned on doing my commitment. And then going out and flying somewhere else. Uh, and as soon as I got assigned to my very first squadron, I realized that how much I love this pr- profession. Mm-hmm. Uh, the duty, the responsibility, uh, and I always talk about the oaths. The oath of office, the oath of enlistment um, with our sailors, with our officers. Uh, and that really settled in with me. Um, and then one of the more frequent questions I get from our sailors uh, nowadays is, hey, you're well past retirement. <laughs> I've, been, I've been in this profession quite a long time. And they ask me, why are you still doing it? And I, I have three answers to that. Uh, number one, I've got a family that supports me doing this. Number two, the Navy is everywhere in the world. And what we're doing is very important business. I mean, you look where George Washington has been over her history, and then you look at where all the rest of our ships are across the Navy. We are everywhere, and what we're doing is very important. And then the third reason that I give them is I continue to be inspired by the sailors I serve with. Yeah, it's great to have such a strong sense of purpose in what you do. I think it... Our culture today, it's very easy to be cynical, and there's a lot of people out there who who have a hard time trying to find out why what they do is meaningful, and I just see it amongst the crew here. It's really, people are so extraordinary. I mean, it's infectious. You spend, yeah, you spend exactly. a day with them, and you can see, I mean, they're truly the... How many other professions are there out there where you can have an 18-year-old mm-hmm. launching an aircraft yeah. off an aircraft carrier? The XO alluded to it. I'll keep it at the young class level. <laughs> but we've got two nuclear plants on board. Yeah. And you've got 20-year-olds that are overseeing that. Yeah. Uh, and then you look across all our departments and all the work that our sailors are doing. And it is, just like the XO said, it's infectious. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also inspiring. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, we very much love the relationship between Mount Vernon and the ship, which goes back to the commissioning itself. And it's been a long relationship. Uh, one of my highlights was when you spoke at Mount Vernon at the birthday of George Washington, Captain. Yes. Uh, what do you, you have any memories of that visit? You had your family there? Was- I did. I had my entire family up there. Um, it was a little bit of a foggy day. Mm-hmm. Yes, we were concerned yep. about a little bit of the rain coming down. Well, but we always wish off. George Washington was born sometime in the springtime, but uh, <laughs> he decided on February. So yeah, <laughs> uh, I lived up there for a while during my time in the Pentagon. Okay, sure. Yeah. And uh, I was about a mile and a half up from Mount Vernon, so I took my young kids at that time, and they're still young. 
but mm-hmm. they were much younger at that time. Mm-hmm. And took them through Mount Vernon. I would go through runs around the paths yeah, with their stroller <laughs> with oh, the yeah. kids in it. Yeah, great. Um, but uh, that particular day, uh, it was very moving for me. Mm. Uh, because again, I got to see a lot of uh, stuff inside the actual mm-hmm. house mm-hmm. that I had never seen before, and so I truly appreciated that. No, it was, it was a wonderful day. Now, Captain Gardone, uh, you rendered honors at the tomb on Washington's birthday this year. Yes. Uh, what do you what do you recall that? Well, so anytime you have an opportunity like that to to render honors to the to the father of our country, uh, particularly on his birthday at his house. Uh, when you're assigned to his namesake ship uh, is, is certainly memorable and moving. Um, but what, excuse me, what really stuck out to me that day was was to be able to see our sailors interact with the, with the visitors there. You all were, mm-hmm. were yeah. kind enough to, to set up a little table for them and, and introduce your, your visitors to our crew. And uh, to see them excited about the Navy and naval aviation, and uh, you know, high, high fiving our chief petty officers and getting their picture taken with uh, with our junior sailors was uh, was a piece that stuck out to me. And uh, I will never forget the first visit to the um, library mm-hmm. to see the copy of the Constitution with. General Washington's notes at the margin yeah. Um, yeah. are really, you know, they were really his to-do list for how to mm-hmm. how to start the the nation. You see his line next to something that said "President." Yeah. You know, it's like I got this for action. Mm-hmm. You know, this is uh, yeah. It's just like the, you guys and you're using using highlighters. It's just focus. Yeah. So Amazing. so when Command Master Chief Coffee and I were we were in there. I mean, you just every time I come to Mount Vernon, I feel like I'm on. At least civically sacred ground. Well, that's extraordinary. Now, Command Master Chief, you were there with the Chief Selects and had a special day. Talk a little about yeah. that. So, I've been up there with uh, Captain Jameson, with Captain Cardinal, uh, but one of the special ones was to take my last year's Chief Selects. So, I took 15 Chief Selects and a, and a bunch of Chiefs that had not been up to Mount Vernon yet to mm-hmm. go exploring, mm-hmm. right, and teach them some history about the their namesake for this ship mm-hmm. and, and learned that, you know, General Washington, he had a lot of trials and tribulations to go through to achieve something. That's what we tell the chiefs. So the chiefs make the Navy run in that sense. So, hey, look, this is what the president did as the general before he became the president. Mm-hmm. Now, think about yourself as a first-class pay officer. Now think about yourself as a chief pay officer mm-hmm. and what you're going to do for your your, your sailors. XO will use um, different tidbits of George Washington's life of uh, when he's having counsel with some junior sailors. <laughs> and he talks about some of the struggles. And I, and I think yeah. it's very important for people to understand. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, General Washington went through some struggles. We're going through some struggles here. Every sailor will tell you right now, hey, I wish I was on a ship that was out at sea. Yeah. I would say yes. I do too. I, I shared the story with some of you. I go to the fantail and I look out straight and see the water. <laughs> that is a great look for me. Right? I think we're out of we're in the way already. Yeah. Um, but my job, the CEO's Exo's job, and everybody on the crew really and truly is to get the George Washington ready to go back out to sea. Um, being able to partner, have partnerships uh, with the Mount Vernon uh, Society and everything is something that. Mm. I can't describe it in like a, a single phrase, but I will tell you this. Uh, every time I go up there, I learn something different. That's right. And uh, 
I'm going to continue to go up there and explore. Um, I'm going to continue to um, be a part of this. Exo's been a part of this for, as his wife would say, we go on dates up there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I find it humorous, but they, he has such great stories, and, and you can see his passion when he's talking to the sailors about it, and it drives them to want to know more about, you know, George Washington and those things, and so it, it just flows over. Yeah, Captain, I'm excited to see you're going to have some of these rooms redone to look like George Washington rooms from the mansion. That'll be fun. Absolutely. My in-port uh, cabin is going to be a replica of the Blue Room, mm-hmm. and the flag officer in-port cabin um, down on the O3 level uh, will be a replica of the Green Room. That's great. And so we send a whole lot of folks up there, take pictures. You, uh, your society helped us out a whole lot with that, mm-hmm. and uh, and so that's what we're modeling after. Well, and I thought that was uh, very appropriate. Yeah, absolutely. I think the ship is a is a floating museum. It's an extraordinary thing. And congratulations on all your work. We look forward to seeing you at Mount Vernon anytime. Please encourage the crew to think of it as their home away from home. They're always welcome there. And I think the Fourth of July. Hopefully, we'll get some of the crew up to do something fun. The anniversary of our commission. Yeah, yes. that'd be fantastic. That's great. Well, thank you all for your time. Thank you very much. And uh, 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 fair winds and following seas. That's what they say. So, uh, huzzah. Yeah, huzzah to you. Huzzah. Thank you. <laughs> thank you for listening to this episode of Conversations at the Washington Library. Be sure to subscribe and follow this podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts.